Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Season 5 of the Wordplay Podcast. This episode, we will be discussing the genre of plays and the process of playwriting. While plays usually aren't considered when we discuss literature, unless we're talking about Shakespeare, the genre has produced some of the most regarded literary texts written, even if they weren't canonized. Works such as A Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine Hansberry and Fences by August Wilson have received numerous awards and tell the stories of Black folks that usually aren't discussed otherwise. This episode is dedicated to Black playwrights in an effort to uplift them and encourage Winthrop students to engage with their work. As some of you may remember from some of your earlier literature classes, some of our earliest playwrights in Western literature were the ancient Greeks. You may remember Sophocles, the author of Antigone and Oedipus Rex. He was one of the most famous playwrights of his time and influenced a lot of the plays that we see today. Even Aristotle, a favorite of literary critics everywhere, wrote Poetics, where he analyzed and defined what a tragedy is and how it can be used to further develop your plays. Plays and playwriting have a long and developed history with literature. And of course, who can forget William Shakespeare and the incredible impact his plays have had on the way we view literature even today. Famous Black playwrights such as Langston Hughes, Lorraine Hansberry, August Wilson, and Nzake Shange did not have the same experiences with their craft that Sophocles or William Shakespeare might have. Of course, all playwrights suffer through hard times, but black playwrights suffered from the consequences of racial bias as well. This racial bias is the same reason why you may have never heard about Langston Hughes and Zora Neale Hurston's play, Mulebone. Lincoln Center Theater in New York calls Mulebone a landmark play because it was the first to depict African Americans in a non-stereotypical way. Unlike the contrived images of African Americans in popular plays of the era, such as Emperor Jones, Porgy, and Green Pastures, its portrayal of African Americans was authentic, filled with the rich language and laughter that as Southern African Americans had developed as a way of coping with life under Jim Crow. Mule Bone wasn't staged until the early 90s. You may have never heard of For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough by Nzake Shange. The New York Theater Guide calls For Colored Girls an unflinching look at the racism and sexism faced by black women and, in a sense, all women. The racial bias that lurks in our society and our academic institutions hold these outstanding works back and these authors and their stories are smothered and pushed aside. Here at Winthrop, we're lucky enough to have a theater department that encourages the diversity of plays. Here's Liara Dye on a couple of the plays that we're featuring this month from Black Playwrights. Lynn Nottage and Dominique Morisot are two influential Black playwrights that are actually being done in the theater department this semester. Pipeline is by Dominique Morisot and depicts the school-to-prison pipeline that often occurs for students of color. Dominique wrote this play based off of the experience that her mother went through as a teacher. Dominique has done many other plays, almost all of them depicting the black experience. While a lot of Dominique, Dominique's plays are dramas, many of Lynn Nottage's plays are comedies. Lynn's play, By the Way, Meet Vera Stark, is about Hollywood in the 1930s, and it follows the life of Vera Stark, a black maid who wants to be an actress. This play is meant to make fun of the stereotypes of black people in Hollywood. Many of the plays that Lynn Nottage writes are also depicting the black experience, but in a comedic way. 
Pipeline is currently running February 9th through the 13th in the Jackson Black Box Theater. And by the way, Meet Vera Stark will run April 6th through April 10th on the Johnson Main Stage. So, if you have time, please check these out. They're going to be great, great shows by great, great writers directed by great, great people. So, what is in the minds of these playwrights? What does the process of playwriting look like? In an interview between Lynn Nottage and Jeffrey Sweet, Jeffrey Sweet asks, On some level, it becomes a kind of metaphor for what we do as playwrights, because we have characters who are unlike us. We have to somehow psych ourselves into writing them from the inside. Nottage, we do. We can remove ourselves after. We inhabit them, and then we step away when we turn off the computer. We don't continue to wear those identities or pass them off as our own. The process of playwriting is fairly similar to writing a novel or a short story. However, there are a few more things that go into a script. The plot, characters, and setting can be written similarly. However, the dialogue and action throughout the script is written differently because it's meant to be acted out. Authors such as August Wilson and Nzake Shange have been praised for moving and lyrical dialogue in their works. The beauty of the play comes from the things that the characters do and say. This is how the plot of the play moves along. I think one of the key aspects of playwriting is storytelling. And that is something that is just so vital to the black community and of course every other community, but specifically with the black community, uh, just like from the time that like black families arrived to America on slave ships, the way that they kept their stories going and the way that they kept themselves, like the way that they survived was through storytelling and keeping that sense of themselves. And there's something so special about playwriters who continue this tradition. Um, it's very important, I think, that we continue to emphasize and uplift these writers, whether they be playwriters, whether they be novelists, anything like that, especially during Black History Month, we have to really discuss and dig into why these stories are pushed down and why these stories are important. I think the history of playwriting is incomplete if you can't talk about Black playwrights. You cannot talk about black playwrights without talking about Lorraine Hansberry's A Raisin in the Sun. This play was about a family who receives a large amount of insurance money, I believe it was $10,000, and they fight over what to do with it, and they all have these dreams, and they all have these, inspir like these, um, these ideas with what they want to do with their life. And they're all so different, but at the end of the play, they all come together. They move out of their apartment and into the house that they've decided is best for the family. Um, it's a really beautiful play. And I think that it is so perfect for what I mean when I talk about how storytelling is so important for the Black playwright. Because this story of a Black family who is not only just like struggling, um, which I think we see a lot in media is just like black people struggling but it also shows just the beauty of their lives and their aspirations um, something interesting that I like to point out is that 
the name of Raisin in the Sun, uh, Hansberry took that from a Langston Hughes poem um, where he says, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? I think there's something so beautiful about the way that Hansberry wrote and just produced this play that just is so much deeper than figuring out what to do with the money. It talks about this idea of assimilation versus um, going back to what we lost, what black people lost in Africa. It's, it's so much deeper than that. It talks about generational trauma. There's so much there that I think we lose if we do not encourage people to go out and engage with these works. There's a moment at the end of A Raisin in the Sun where Mr. Linder has just attempted to bribe the youngers out of um, moving into his neighborhood. And Walter says something that I think perfectly explaining the situation of so many black Americans at this time. Walter says, we have decided to move into our house because my father, my father, he earned it for us brick by brick. We don't want to make no trouble for nobody or fight no causes and we will try to be good neighbors. And that's all we got to say about that. We don't want your money. And in this moment, we see the family really come together. We see Walter drop his own personal goal of like investing in this liquor store. Um, and we see, I guess, just the family realize that we need to come together so that we can move past this and we can grow together. I think that is really the story that Lorraine Hansberry is trying to tell here. She's trying to show that the family itself can only get through this situation together. They cannot break up the money and do individually what they want um, and split apart and just completely forget about the house. They need to do what is best for them, not for them individually, but for them as the youngers. And then on top of that, I think you can really explore the larger meaning behind that. Like, what does that mean as far as in the Black community? The Black community, in order to get over this tumultuous time that we are currently living through, needs to come together. We can't be putting up against each other. Um, I think there's a lot of these messages that we see in some of these older plays written by Black playwrights that have this message of unity. And I think even today that still rings true. That just brings back to mind uh, Mule Bone, which was written by Langston Hughes and uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Zora Neale Hurston's official website reads, Mule Bone is the only collaboration between Zora Neale Hurston and Langston Hughes, two stars of the Harlem Renaissance, and it holds an unparalleled place in the annals of American theater. Set in Eatonville, Florida, Hurston's hometown and the inspiration for much of her fiction, this energetic and often farcical play centers on Jim and Dave, a two-man song and dance team, and Daisy, the woman who comes between them. Overcome by jealousy, Jim hits Dave with a mule bone, and the hilarity follows chaos as the town splits into two factions, the Methodists, who want to pardon Jim, and the Baptists, who wish to banish him for his crime. 
So this play was supposed to be a comedy that kind of looks away from the struggle and the pain of the black experience and tries to turn um, just like everyday black American life into something uh, more like a comedy, um, like a sitcom that you would see on TV. Um, this play is what eventually split up Zora and Hughes's friendship, but the play eventually was staged, I think it was 60 years later in 1991. This is just a, a piece of like history that we don't often hear. I think a lot of times we hear about Langston Hughes in our fiction classes. Occasionally you might hear about Zora Neale Hurston, but I know for sure that I didn't know that Langston Hughes was a playwright before I started doing the research for this podcast. And I think that says a lot, not only about the society that we live in, I know that's very cliche, but also just about the things that we are taught in school, not necessarily at the college level, but very much at the high school level. Um, I hope that this episode gave you a lot to think about. Make sure you go see the plays that Liara told you all about earlier in the show and plays that we talked a little bit more about during the show. I hope that y'all enjoyed it. Be sure to leave your feedback um, on our Instagram. That's Winthrop underscore WC. Um, I hope to see y'all next time. Bye!